0: So
1: this time, we would like to welcome Toby. Oh, you guys welcome him. Hey, it's good to be back again. It's, it's rare, actually, I get a chance to speak somewhere a couple weeks in a row, and so it's neat to get to be with you guys uh, twice. Uh, you know, I, I shared some stories last time about that first year when I went to China and just all the neat things God was doing. And, you know, sometimes you tell stories like that, and it seems like, oh, Toby just loves sharing the gospel, and that's so easy for him, but th- that actually wasn't the situation at all. Well, when I first went to China, I had hardly ever shared with somebody in my entire life, even though I grew up in the church the whole time. And uh, you know, I remember being in China that first year, and it was like God was so good to me to just give me so many easy opportunities in the beginning to help me start getting over all the fear and hang-ups and stuff like that I have. I remember. <clears throat> There was this one guy named John that Matt and I felt like we were just to follow up with and share about God with. And so we found his name in one of our phones and dialed him and he set up a time to meet with him at the gate of the university. And the next day we we came to the gate of the university and we were waiting, looking around for John. And like five minutes went by and ten minutes went by and he was nowhere. And we just kind of kept waiting and looking, and the whole time we're waiting for John, there's this other guy who's kind of standing on the other side of the gate and is like eyeing us. He's looking at us, and you know, we'd look at him, and he kind of like would like smile, and we'd look at him, and we'd be like, hey, and kind of look away or whatever. And finally he walks over to us, and he says, hey, Toby, Matt, I'm John. We had dialed the wrong guy in our phone, some other John that we, we didn't even know who he was. And so Matt and I looked at each other, and were like, okay, let, let, let's roll with it. And so we ended up going out to lunch together and had lunch together. And while we are eating together, we just, again, started to share with him our story of what God had done in us. And while we did that, we found out he'd grown up. His grandmother was a believer growing up, and he had this stuff. But He just seemed kind of cold and not really interested. So the conversation kind of ended, and a few days later, we're sitting in our apartment, and all of a sudden, Matt gets a phone call. And Matt answers the phone, and he goes, I hear him go, okay, oh, oh, oh okay, uh, I'll I'll be right there. I said, what happened? He said, that was John. He just called me and and, and asked me, what do I have to do to be saved? And so Matt ran out and led him to Christ, you know, right on campus that night. But that was the experience we were having. People were giving us calls on the phone saying, what do I have to do to be saved? You know, you feel like you're living in the book of Acts. And there's just something unique God is doing in this generation in China right now that was like this huge, just incredible openness and hunger for God. And God used that to kind of jumpstart in my own life this whole area of talking to others about him. Uh, Just on uh, Friday night, I went on a date with my number two daughter, Eva, to to IHOP, the pancake place, because that's where she wanted to go. And uh, as I was walking out, I had this flashback to a time back when I was in college where I was walking out of an IHOP after hanging out with some friends and I'd seen these four guys, I think they were, they were Filipino, uh, sitting outside in, in, in Virginia where I lived that time, there were Filipino gangs a lot of times, so they kind of seemed like more tough guys or whatever. And uh, I, as I was walking by them to the car, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I want you to tell them that I love them. And I just kept walking right to my car. And I can remember crystal clear to this day, sitting in the front seat of my car, my head leaned down against the steering wheel, say, okay, do I go back and talk to these guys or do I just drive home? And the torment, really, that was in my heart in that moment because it was like, you know, you, if you grew up in the church, it's like, you know, you've know, you heard the Great Commission your whole life, right? And it's like, you know you ought to tell people about Jesus. And even when you step back and think about it and, and you perceive, I mean, there's eternal realities that are going on at a stake over whether I share with these people. Like, you know you should Tell people about Jesus. But the reality is, for me, I was so wound up tight that I wouldn't do it the right way, or I wouldn't say the right thing, or concerned about what they would say back to me if I actually said something to someone, that I just never shared with anybody. And God did something really neat during that first year that I was in China. And He taught me something that set me free from that fear and broke that off me. So I could just have natural conversations with others and share with people. And so if you're sitting here today and you're like, Toby, I totally understand that feeling of like afraid to actually get out and talk with someone, afraid to have those conversations or just all stressed and wound up of, will I say the right thing and do it the right way and all this kind of stuff. God has something he wants to say to you this morning that's going to break that off your life. And he wants to release every person in this church and every person in this place right now to have the freedom within the relationships that he's given you to just talk about who he is and help others come to know him. Does anyone else want to get free today with me? Let's look in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5.
0: If you're not super familiar with the Bible, Mark's the, the second book in the New Testament. You'll see the big numbers there to slip into the the fifth chapter. Before we read, though, I actually want to take a
1: second to look back to last week and review a little bit. Because when we talked together last week, we talked about God's incredible heart for every person in this world that doesn't know him yet. He looks to every person in this world that doesn't have a relationship like one of his own kids that's lost and apart from him, and he's longing for them to come back. What we talked about, if you, we want to help others know him, the first and most important step is we just begin to what? Remember? Pray. That's it. We, we just begin to pray. We just begin to ask him to move because he's the one who changes someone's hearts. He's the one who prepares someone. He's the only one who can do that. And so many of us, as we were talking about that together, you took up that challenge and you wrote people's names on a list of those that are in your life that don't know him yet to begin to pray for. And some of you on the other side of that page just even signed a commitment. I want to begin over this next month to pray regularly for those in my life that don't know Jesus yet. And so I kind of just want to ask, because we want to keep walking this out in our lives, how many of you got a chance to pray over someone in your life that doesn't know him yet this last week? That's awesome. Hands all over. And if you're like me, and last week you walked out of church, and sometimes I've just had this moment where I just totally forget what I just said I wanted to do that week, and I go through the whole week, and I literally don't even think about it once the whole week. We got a fresh start again right now. So I want to do something while we're here together before we even jump into this passage. Let's just begin to pray for those in our lives that don't know them yet, okay? So right right there where you are, just kind of under your breath to yourself, I'll lead out in the front. I want you to think of, of one or two of those people that you wrote on that list. Or if you weren't here last week, one or two people that you know in your life that don't know him yet, that are in your circle. Let's just begin to pray right now. Can we do that? Okay. Lord, we just lift them up right now to you. You just speak their own name, just talk under your breath to yourself. Lord, we, we, we just lift them up to you, Lord. We just ask that you would open their hearts that they would be able to receive the reality of who you are, Lord. That they wouldn't be closed off to the idea that there's a God. They wouldn't be closed off to the idea that they need help, Lord. But their hearts would be open and would be vulnerable, and they'd be willing to hear when the opportunity comes. And Lord, we just ask for open doors right now too, Lord. That you would just open a door for me to have an opportunity to share. But I think of Kevin who plays basketball with me in the mornings, Lord. I just ask that you would open the door, Lord, that I would have an opportunity to share, Lord, somehow in the breaks between games where we're sitting out, somehow in the time afterwards, you would give me an opportunity just to plant some kind of seed, God, that would help him come closer to you, Lord. Give us open doors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, just, it's, it's that simple. Just As you go through your day, just have someone for your day that you're thinking of, that you're just praying that way. Mark chapter 5. I'll start right in verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart. And he broke the shackles into pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out
0: and cutting himself with stones. You know, if you've grown up in the church, you've probably heard the story a number of times before where Jesus
1: has this interaction with this man who is oppressed by all these different evil spirits. And when we hear this story, sometimes we can get caught up in a few of the details where the guy's got like the super strength, right, when you hear about it. And you can kind of get, get thinking about this like super evil superhero villain kind of, kind of guy who's got the super strength and is breaking chains and all that. But that's not really the picture of what's being put here before. What the Bible's describing for us here is someone who is utterly and totally tormented in their life. I mean, imagine this, this guy, he's so broken that the people of his villages have kicked him out of the village. He can't even even be homeless in the middle of the village. They've kicked him out of the village, and they've made him live out here among the tombs, the most unclean or unholy place in their mindset for where this guy could be. He's totally rejected by everyone he knows, everyone he grew up around, totally pushed away. And it says if you were walking through that region, maybe from one town to another, in the valley between these hills where some of these tombs were, you would hear a noise. And it would be this guy just crying out in total torment. Ah! Ah! And you would just hear these terrible noises as you were walking. This guy, totally rejected, up alone in the hills, who was totally tormented from the inside out. And it says this guy was so broken, so tormented in it, That he would take stones and he would literally just begin to cut himself. Somehow to try and inflict pain on the outside of his body a little bit to distract just for a minute what was going on on the inside. And When I think about this, I I think about a girl that we've had the chance to invest in who's really special to us in China named Christine. Christine grew up in a home that was very broken, a ton of conflicts and just very, very unhealthy in her house growing up. And because of that, her heart was hurting so bad. And one of the things she would do to escape it is she realized that if she worked her absolute hardest, she had the ability in her life to succeed in school. And so she would just work so hard at school, studying hours and hours every day to try and escape the garbage that was going on in her house that somehow she could break the orbit of that and get out into some kind of thing. And she studied and she studied and she began to succeed and began to succeed. And soon she tested on one of the highest scores on this big test they all take in China. And she was able to go in one of the top universities in China.
0: But there was this other side of Christine that not everybody knew. And that was after going to school all day and doing extra
1: kinds of classes and then studying all evening long. She
0: would come home to her room when no one else was watching and she would shut the door she would begin to cut herself. Cut herself. Somehow, by
1: inflicting pain on her skin, that she could distract herself from what was hurting in her heart.
0: Several times during those teen years, she attempted suicide. It never worked, praise God. This was a girl who was totally tormented. You know, there's this aspect with this guy we read in the Bible too
1: of not just tormented, but it's like he's out of control, breaking the chain. He sounds like an animal when you hear him described. And if we step back from it, many of us can identify with that feeling of being out of control a little bit. I think of another guy in China God's connected our hearts to named Andy. I remember Andy, he was the roommate of one of the guys in the church. And one of the first times I met him, I was walking down the street in the city with him and we were talking. And he just shared with me, very openly, about how when he was a kid, he had been physically abused in his home. Some of the men in his home would hit him and beat him when he did things that weren't right or when they were disappointed with him. And he just began to break down and cry as we walked together. Because he shared with me how that week, for the first time, he had just hit his girlfriend. And the very thing in his life that he would least want to inflict on any other person, the thing he had experienced that he hated more than anything else, he had just done to the person he loved the most. Out of control. Can't control what's going on. Can't stop myself from doing what I don't want to do. Here's where this guy is at right here. And if we're honest with ourselves, all of us when we look at our past can identify with that, that kind of torment like that or the loneliness of being rejected or the out-of-controlness of I can't do what I want to do. Some of us, if we're brutally honest in our own hearts, even as we come here this morning, we're in that place. We're in that place of either being tormented on the inside or out of
0: control in what we're trying to do. And if that's you this morning, I have really, really good news. Because this guy was tormented, rejected, and out of control. And then he met Jesus. Let's keep reading in this passage. Verse 6, And when he saw Jesus from
1: afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I I adjure you, God, don't torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. And Jesus asked him, What what is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now, a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs. Let Let us enter them. So he gave those spirits permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned. The herdsmen fled and told in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man,
0: the one who had had the legion sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what happened to the demon-possessed
1: man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. So this guy has gone through a lifetime of brokenness and torment and totally out of control, and he comes into this encounter with Jesus. And in one moment, of meeting with Jesus, this stuff that had tormented him for his whole life was broken and set free. And he's always sitting there, this guy who was totally out of control, you couldn't bind him with chains, with his legs crossed at Jesus' feet like a kindergartner. And they come and they look at him and the people who have known this guy and how broken he was and how messed up, when they see how whole he is, how healthy and how good are things now, it's so intense, they feel afraid. Their their first feeling is they feel afraid of Jesus. How could this guy have so much power that in a moment of meeting this guy we tried to help for years and years, he's set free? And they said, whoa, we don't even know how to deal with this. And they literally asked Jesus to leave, to not hang out in the area anymore. In one encounter, in one moment, all his brokenness touched and healed. All his bondage broken off his life. And that is what happens when we meet Jesus. And those of you who are here, who come from broken backgrounds, who know that kind of torment, who know that kind of -of out-of-controlness in your life, whether it's to the same degree or not, when you met Jesus, he did something in your life. He changed you, and he transformed you. And the transformation process isn't done yet, but man, you are not the same person that you were before. Man, I think of Christine, that girl who's cutting herself, she's on her university where she's gotten into and she's starting to succeed and one day she walks off campus into the the street next door where there's a bunch of shopping and stuff like that and she's walking down and she stops to get a a milk tea, a drink we have in China and she's drinking this milk tea and these two American girls walk up to her named Tony and Laura. They walk up to her and they just start shooting the breeze and talking with her and in the midst of it, Tony just starts to tell her how Jesus had changed her life. And as Christine is listening to the story, Of Tony's transformation and as she goes on to just share the gospel with her. Christine inside is saying, I need this. I want this. I need someone to change me like that too. And at the end they said, Christine, do you want to know Jesus too? Do you need him to transform your life too? And she looked them both in the eyes and said, yes, I need this. And she gave her life to Christ. And when she did, God came into her life, and he changed her, and he transformed her. This girl got to live with our family for a year. I mean, she is such a joy bubble now. When you do church, you put her right up in the front because she's so overflowing with love and so overflowing with joy that when anybody else comes in, she greets them, and she hugs them, and she welcomes them. God changed her from the inside out. Man, I think of Andy. A few weeks after he shared that story with me, me and his roommate Jack, who's actually right here in the States at the Elam Bible Institute right now, we're, we're walking together on the campus, and Andy walked up to us again. He said, hey, you guys want to get lunch together? He said, sure. And as we're getting lunch together, I just began to hear more about how Andy grew up in a Christian home and knew all about Jesus, but he never decided to follow him. And we're just sitting there over a noodle. I said, Andy, you know you need to follow Jesus too, right? He goes, I know, (laughs) he just started crying right there over noodles. And so right there, as we're in the cafeteria on the Chinese campus, he prays and gives his life to Christ. And God comes in, just like this guy in the Bible and just like Christine, and he changes him from the inside out. Man, I wish you could meet Andy today. He is the sweetest guy ever. Whatever girl ends up marrying Andy is the one, the jackpot, because he is so kind and so sweet and so loving. And God came in and he changed him. He changed them just like he changed you and just like he changed me. This is what Jesus does. When we meet him, he changes us. And, and if you're here today and you don't know Jesus yet and, he, and you are understanding as I'm talking, I, I understand some of those feelings of torment. I know it is to not be able to control the things I do. Then Jesus is here today and I have really, really good news. Right now, he wants to set you free. Let's just take a second right now. let all of us close our eyes. We'll pray together. If you're here right now and you don't know Jesus yet, he's here to meet with you right now. 2,000 years ago, he came to earth. And because every single one of us, our hearts are sick with sin, and we couldn't have a relationship with God on our own, he came and paid the penalty for our sin, what we deserved, which was death. And he died on the cross for us. And three days later, he came back to life, showing he had power over death and he had power over sin and he could defeat all of it. And he invites any person who wants, any person who's willing to allow him to come into their lives and transform it and change it. He says, let me be the Lord of your life. Follow me and I will transform you from the inside out. So if you're here today and you're saying, I need that. Just like Christine, you're saying, that, that, yes, I need that. Then right here in this moment, he wants to do it for you.
0: In your own heart, you just say to him, just say, Jesus, I need you. I am messed up. I have done wrong things, and I need you to change me. Lord, I confess that I've sinned and done wrong stuff.
1: I ask you to forgive me. But Jesus, I ask you to come in and change me. Do a miracle on me just like you did in this guy in the Bible. Just like you did in Christine and just like you did in Andy. Change me from the inside out. And as you pray that, he is coming into your life right now. And he is beginning something new. The Bible says he comes and makes us a new creation. He transforms us and he changes us. And he's
0: beginning that in you right now. But the miracle doesn't stop there. We can open our eyes. The miracle doesn't stop there because Jesus
1: wants other people to know too. He wants to change others too. Let's keep
0: reading in this passage. Verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had
1: been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And the man went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, as the region where he grew up,
0: how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. So this man goes back. Jesus
1: says, don't come with me in the boat right now. He says, go back to the area where you grew up. And he sends this man back. And he goes back, and in the Decapolis, which literally means the ten towns, he travels around in these ten different towns and just begins telling people about how Jesus had changed him. And all the people knew who this guy was. They'd heard him when they walked between towns wailing from the tombs. They'd seen him breaking free of bonds and all this kind of stuff. And so, and the people hear him start saying, hey, Jesus changed me. They are amazed. And this is the thing that changed everything for me about being able to share with others. It took all the stress and bound up feelings I had in my mind, the fear I had in my heart, and it just washed it away in a flood. And it was this. Sharing the good news with others is simply telling what Jesus did for me. I don't have to have some perfect presentation laid out. I don't have to say it in just the right way. Sharing the good news with others Working with Jesus to help bring his lost kids back home is simply me telling what Jesus did for me, me telling how much he gave to me. And when I understand the greatness of what Jesus did for me on the cross, when I understand the incredibleness of how he came into my life and changed me, telling others is the most natural thing in the world. We see this all over in the Bible. When when Jesus does miracles all throughout the New Testament, because he doesn't want to have the conflict with the authorities right away, he he always goes to people and he says, Now, I know I just healed you of this disease and you can walk now. Don't tell anybody, okay? I know you were blind before and I laid hands on you and now you can see, but don't tell anybody. I know your son was dead and I laid my hands on him and, and he rose from the dead. Don't tell anybody. And you know what happens? Nobody ever listens to Jesus. Because if someone raised your son from the dead, you got to tell people. And if you were blind before and now you can see, you have to tell people. And if Jesus changed your life from the inside out, you got to tell people. I, I mean, I'll go to a restaurant and have a really, really good chicken dish and I'll be telling people about it for three weeks. Or you'll see something crazy when you're driving on the road and when you go to work the next day, you're telling everybody about it. When you see something amazing, you have to tell other people. And when you realize that what Jesus did for you was great and was amazing, it is totally and completely natural to tell others about it. My family was screwed up before, you could say. We were a wreck. My relationship with my wife was terrible. Our house had no peace at all. And then Jesus came into my lives, and he changed everything. And our family is certainly not perfect, but man, there is love in our relationships. And we have peace in our home. Well, why wouldn't you want someone else to know that? That's amazing. He changed something. He transformed it. And what I've found is that if I'm having trouble being able to talk with someone about Jesus, usually one of two things have gotten wrong. First, I've made it too complicated. Somehow I've gotten on, i got to say the right things and the right words and have this perfect presentation and all this kind of stuff Or I'm going to somehow screw it up and make the person farther away from Jesus. And I get all this stress. It's not complicated. Just tell what Jesus did for you. Just tell the good things he's done in your life. And the other thing that can get screwed up sometimes for me, as I've followed the Lord now over years and even decades, is sometimes I start to drift. And I forget just how good he's been to me, and just how amazing the transformation he's made in my life. I mean, if you grew up in the church, it can be easy to not realize what he saved you from. You only got a little bit down the other path before he drove, took you this way. and You didn't realize just how much destruction and terribleness and torment was down this way. But what Jesus did, my sins deserved death. I was going to be separated from him for eternity, And even though I deserved all that discipline and punishment from that, Jesus stepped in with his own body and put himself in between and said, I want Toby with me. And he saved me and he rescued me. And that's not to mention all the stuff in this life that he changed. He has been so good to us. It's so amazing. And we remember and we realize it. it just becomes easy to share with other people. It becomes natural. I just tell the good news of what he did for me just like I tell about the good chicken or the crazy thing I saw outside, because it's awesome, and it's in my life. I think of Christine, man. When that girl got saved, she started telling everybody about Jesus. She was leading her roommates to Christ. She, she, she almost got kicked out of university. She was sharing with so many people on her campus. They got upset with her and locked her in a room one time and were like, listen, you can't tell people about Jesus anymore. And she was like, I, I can't stop. He's amazing. Andy, man, he would graduate from college and went to work and he'd be talking to his workmates and he'd be like, yeah, dude, I used to be angry too. And Jesus changed me. Yeah, I I was having a tough time with that too, but I I just prayed and I started making sales all over the place. And people just started listening and and sharing all over the place because it's what's natural when I know what he did for me. And the crazy thing is it gets even better than that. Because when we, we experience something great, we can't help telling others. And when we understand the greatness of what God did for me, I can't help telling others about that either. And God takes that little
0: start of me in my weakness just telling my story. And he begins to do a miracle and bring movements of people who are far from him close to Jesus. Catch this. We're going to flip a few chapters ahead into Mark chapter 7. So last we saw this guy,
1: Jesus sends him out into the Decapolis, this region. Just tell people about what God
0: has done for you. And we'll look in chapter 7, verse 31. Jesus goes to other parts of the
1: Israel area and is preaching and doing stuff. And then in verse 31 it says this. 731. Then Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. So now Jesus, for the first time, a couple months later, comes back to that same area where he'd done this miracle and set this man free before. And it goes on and tells the story of a miracle that Jesus does there. And then in chapter 8, as Jesus walks further into this area, a crowd begins to gather. And then more come out of the towns. And more come out of the towns. Until it says there were 4,000 men present in addition to the women and children. So let's say it's about 10,000 people altogether. This huge crowd of 10,000 comes
0: and is hanging on Jesus' every word looking for the words of life. Last time we were in this area, they asked Jesus to leave. They didn't even want him to stay. They didn't even want him near them.
1: And now he comes back several months later and 10,000 people gather to hang on his every word? What changed? What changed is one dude who had been locked up in chains, who was crazy as anything, tormented and broken in every way you can imagine, walked out and began to tell people, Jesus changed my life. He changed me. Then he'd go on to the next sound and say, Jesus changed my life. Let me tell you the story of how I used to live up in the hills. You see these marks on my arms right here? Let me tell you what Jesus did for me. And God changed a region. And 10,000 people came begging to know what Jesus could do for them. God will take us and our brokenness and our weakness and our simple little stories. And he will use it to bring movements of people to him. I think of Christine. I remember one time soon after she was saved, she was on a bus and She was sitting there on the bus, and she just felt the Holy Spirit say to share with this old man who was sitting next to her. So She turned over and just just began to tell with them her story and how Jesus had changed her. He said, well, that's great that Jesus did that for you, but I I don't have those same problems. But I'm old, and my, my back is so messed up I can't even stand up anymore. Christine looked at him and said, can I pray for you? So Right there in the bus, she lays hands on him and says, God, you changed my life. I just ask that you would change this man, too. Heal his back right now.
0: And all of a sudden, this look comes over the guy's face. And he goes, this old man stands up, stretches out his back. He says, I'm healed.
1: Jesus healed me. And he grabbed Christine by the collar. He said, you have to come with me and tell my whole family. So Christine goes in and gets an opportunity to share with his family. Man, Andy, this guy's sharing with people at his workplace. And all of a sudden, one day, his boss calls him in. And the the, the summons kind of had that feeling of, of bad news is coming. Andy walks into his boss's office. He has—he works for this company that sells all kinds of electronic products into America, and he's a salesman to America. And he sits down at the chair, and his boss says, "Andy, I've—I uh, heard that you're a Christian,
0: and that you've been uh, sharing about Jesus with people here at work." Andy went, oh, "You're so worth it, Jesus!" Right? I'm about to get fired. And his boss looks at him and says,
1: "Here's the deal." You know our company sells all kinds of products into America. And I know that most Americans are Christians. So I was doing some thinking. And I thought, if we understood more about Christianity, maybe we could sell more products to these people in America. And so here's what I've done. I've called an all-company meeting for all employees. We're all going to gather tomorrow in the auditorium. And what I'd like you to do is, if you'd be willing to do this, would you just stand up front and for 15 minutes just tell everybody about what Christians believe? And he said, sure. (laughs) And so the next day, he's in front of his whole company, you know, room bigger than this, packed with people, and he just shares the gospel for 15 minutes with everybody. They're coming up afterwards saying, how can I believe in Jesus too? Is that true, really? He changed you like that? God will take our weakness and our brokenness and our simple stories, and he will use it he will use it to bring movements of people to him. And he's going to do the exact same thing here in Warsaw. God is going to take every one of us and all our broken paths and all our weakness and our simple stories of what he did for us. And he's going to use it as we begin to speak it into people's lives to bring broken people to him, to rescue them, to do it again in their lives until this whole region is touched by the gospel. It is going to be incredible. And so I, I want to do something today that... I think I actually did six years ago when I visited here. And we're going to do a little exercise together. And that is we're going to write out and prepare one of our stories of how Jesus has changed us. And so before we start, I think you should have sheets that are handed out around the room here. My story of what God has done for me. Does anyone need one of those? Does anyone else need one? One?
0: Anyone else? I don't know if you normally do homework in church, but we're doing it today. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a few minutes and prepare our story together.
1: And I want to say a few things first. First, it doesn't have to be your salvation story. You know, some of us, our salvation story kind of happened over time or for some reasons is not super clear in how it happened. You're like, I don't really know how to share that in a way that, that makes it clear. No problem. Just pick any story in your life how Jesus did something for you. And so this could be like something that was broken in your life. Your, your family was all messed up. Or you had an anger problem like Andy. Or, or there was some kind of sickness in your family where you needed Jesus to do something. Or, or uh, you're in some kind of great financial need where you needed him to come through for you or something. And
0: Jesus came and did something in the situation. Second... We want to prep the story
1: so you can use it easily in just normal conversation. And so that means we're going to keep it pretty short. And so some of these stories could take 20 minutes to tell well. But we're, we're going to create like the two-minute version of it right now. Um, and then third, uh, we're going to prep the story in three parts that you can see here right on the page, okay? And so the three parts is kind of before the problem. And so, you know, if I'm Andy, the, the, the problem is like I have this anger problem and it's uncontrollable and sometimes I even hit people. I, I'm like totally out of control in this area. The story... Of what jesus did for me how how did jesus come in and change it he would tell a story of how we had a conversation over noodles and he chose to follow jesus and how jesus did things in his heart and what he was feeling during that time and just the the story of it and then after the result the result is that i'm different now i don't feel the same kinds of anger god's changed me and i'm free to love people now or or if you're doing about your family before the problem was in my family there's all kinds of conflict we had all kinds of fighting all the time there was no peace in our home the story of what Jesus did for me. How did Jesus intervene? How did he begin to change your heart? How did he work in all of you guys as a family? How did he change your communication? The result. What's the result in your home now? What does it look like? Okay, so let's just take a minute. We're going to pray for a second. I just want to ask the Holy Spirit to give each of us a story of how Jesus had changed us. Just kind of close your eyes with me. Lord, I just pray for each of us that knows Jesus right now that you would just bring to our mind, Lord, it's the story of one of the amazing things that you've done for us. It could be our salvation. It could be something you've done in our lives since our salvation. It could be a, a healing, or the, especially the way you changed me. Those are the best stories. The way you changed me, God. The way you provided for us.
0: Lord, just bring to mind for each of us a story right now. If you're here right now and you really don't know Jesus yet
1: or you're brand new in your relationship with him and you're thinking to yourself, I I don't even know if I have a great story yet. If you've met him, just tell the story of how you met him. If you don't have a relationship with him yet, no, no problem. You don't have to do this exercise. You can just think about it while we're doing it together. Okay, let's open our eyes. So what I want us to do right now is let's just take two or three minutes and just begin to write down the story, okay? Just using, using those three little sections there. There's pens in the back of some of the chairs. Is it, if you need a pen, borrow from someone next to you. I have one here. Anyone need a pen? Got pens? Some people in their purses probably have like 11 or 12. You just can kind of distribute to your region. That's fine. Okay, let's, let's just take two or three minutes and just start jotting it out. Now, what was the
0: problem? What did Jesus do? What was the result? Details makes a great story, you know. Everyone wants to hear the salacious details of how
1: messed up you were before, right? People love hearing those kind of stories. Just, just be honest, be vulnerable, tell them. Sometimes when I share the gospel, I'll just say that's like, can I tell you a story of how messed up I used to be? And people are like, Yeah, please. Like I would love to hear
0: that. <laughs> Okay, if you don't write every word, you can use bullet points to do it. Let's just get it jotted down, maybe another minute, minute and a half. Another 30 seconds or so. Let's finish re- wrapping up the idea of it so you got it written down. No, you get to keep it. This is for you, not for me. Okay. So.
1: That was kind of class work. You, you, you can finish now. You can finish later if you want to. Um, I, I want to give you homework too. And that is sometime before the day's done. You know, playoff games start at 3.30, I think, something like that. So you got a couple hours after church before that. J- just with someone, with your wife, with your kids, with a friend or whatever, just practice sharing that story. Just, sometimes you just got to say it out loud once to kind of break the ice on the thing so you feel natural saying it. Just, just practice saying it out loud with someone. Okay.
0: Let's close our eyes and pray as we wrap up here. There's some of us here who are
1: totally in the same place I was in before, which is that you have been following Jesus for years, but you have been all bound up on this area of sharing with others. And it's been a real source of stress for you. You you felt guilt around it. You felt stress around it. And you felt all kinds of like wanting to do it, but you can, ought to do it, but I can't. And it's, It's been torment
0: for you, really. And Jesus is coming right now. And he's setting you free. He's setting you free from the fear that has kept you bound up.
1: He's setting you free from the anxiety that's made you feel like you've got to do it right somehow.
0: And he's speaking to you a really simple word, which is this. Just tell them what I did for you. I want to save them too. I want them to know my salvation too. Just tell them what I did for you. And if you're sitting here and that's you, you've been growing up in church or saved for a
1: while but just not really able to share with others and, and this, God's doing something inside you, not to me or anything like that, but I just want you to take a moment with him right now. And just begin in your heart to just speak your willingness to him to say, Jesus, I, I feel weak, but I just want to tell you right now, I'm willing. I'm willing to step past my anxiety. I'm willing to step past my, my, my fear,
0: my weakness. And if you could use me, I'm willing to try. I'm willing to try and step out and share with others. I'm willing, God. Help me. Give me courage. Give me boldness, God. But help me. But I'm willing.
1: And I think what you guys are doing on the day of the Super Bowl as a church for the uh, football Sunday is amazing. And I feel like it's an opportunity specifically for us to put into practice what God's been giving us these last couple weeks. So here's my challenge to you guys. I want to make it really specific. What if we each pick three people from the list we made last week? We pray for them over these next two weeks. We share our story if God opens a door for it. And then we invite each of them to Football Sunday. What would happen if all of us in the church did that?
0: We would pack this place out. It would change the lives of this whole community. Who knows how far the ripples would go from a step like that?
1: So I want us to think about that for a second. Can we take up that challenge? What if each of us in this room just takes three people off that list, or if you haven't made the list because you weren't here last week, no problem. Just people you, you know that don't know Jesus yet. And just over this next two weeks, we just begin praying for those three regularly, every day even if possible. Just not for long, a couple minutes, just asking God to open their hearts and to open doors for us to talk with them. And then what if we just made the commitment that I, if God opens a door to share my story, I'm going to do that. And either way,
0: I'm, I'm going to invite each of those three I'm going to invite each of those three to come to Football Sunday. To taste God's presence in this amazing church.
1: To experience the love of God's people as it's felt so amazingly in this
0: church. And to somehow take a step closer to him. If that's you and you're saying, wow, that's... That's a gauntlet being thrown down. But, uh, yeah,
1: I I, want to try and do that. I want to try and join with what God's doing here right now. I want to help God bring some of those lost kids back home and closer to him again. I want him to use me among those people he's put in my circle of friends. If that's you and you're saying, I I, want to try and go for it. I'm going to try and pray for those three, and I'm going to try and invite them to come to Football Sunday. Just, just as a, as a show of it, I'm not taking notes or anything like that. Just, just, just kind of lift your hand up and saying, I, I'm stepping into this. I'm going to try and invite others.
0: I'm going to try and invite others. I want to go for it. I want to invite those three. Lord, I just pray
1: for us this week that you would fill us up with your courage, that you would fill us up with your strength, that you would fill us up with faith, Lord, that you could do an amazing thing through us. April shared during worship that we don't even get to see you move in power until we step out into the place that we need you. And Lord, I just ask that this would be a moment where we as a church step out into this risky place where we need you to come through, where we need your boldness and we need your help, and we show you, see you show your power strong on our behalf. Lord, you have put such an amazing presence of God in this church, such an amazing love for each other in this church. Lord, I just ask that you... Would use that as something that is like a magnet drawing people from all over this community into your kingdom, that other
0: kids would come back home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor Chris.